And hello everyone, this is Rich Sports Talk. I'm your host, Nolan Rich, and this is Sports Talk Worth a Million. Thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast today. The Hartford Whalers played their final game on April 13, 1997. And even though the team hasn't existed in well over two decades, their legacy endures, thanks in large part to their iconic logo. On this episode, I sit down with Peter Good, the creator of the Hartford Whalers logo. On this episode, we'll discuss how he was approached to create the logo, some of the designs and concept art that he had for both the logo and jersey that he proposed to the Whalers, and what the legacy of the Whalers logo means 40 years after its creation. I'm joined now by Peter Good. Peter, thank you so much for taking time out of your day today. Now, before we get into the interview, I want you to give my audience a little bit of background about who you are and what you do for a living. Well, thank you, Noah. Uh, well, first of all, we've been in business for uh, over 50 years. Uh, my training was basically fine arts with a, with, a, with a strong interest in design. I happened to be the first graphic design major to graduate the University of Connecticut and the only one in 1965. Uh, so I learned uh, the craft of design, typography, form, and all of that. Um, uh, in theory in school, but in practice uh, on, on multiple jobs that I've had. Uh, it was a time when, when the technology was basically art materials. Everything was done by hand. It was a much different way of working. And uh, I had a passion for uh, letter forms, typography, and, uh, and also actually uh, form, form itself. And uh, that actually affected my work um, throughout my career. Uh, and then uh, uh, several different jobs, uh, one for an agency, uh, one of the first logos I ever did was uh, for at our truck rental uh, back in 66. And then uh, we went to New York and uh, worked for several design firms there. And, uh, and then eventually we moved back to Connecticut. And, uh, we opened our own practice and, uh, around 1970 and uh, started doing work for uh, at first uh, mostly Hartford clients and then some corporations and then it just expanded uh, exponentially. Uh, the work started getting published and uh, we started getting a reputation and uh, in 1979 was when uh, I was contacted by a friend who had a small agency uh, and, and uh, his, one of his clients was the Hartford Whalers uh, uh, just before they moved to Hartford. And he commissioned me to work directly with the whalers to uh, come up with a logo. And uh, that was most unusual in that the, the, here a major athletic team, major league um, uh, sports team, would hire a relatively unknown. I was a young designer. I was about 35. I mean, I had experience, but I was working by myself. I didn't have a team. I didn't have... A, a lot of uh, production didn't need very much that at that, at that time, and uh, the technology was, uh, like I said before, it was very very uh, limited compared to it was, be, it was before the whole digi digital revolution, and um, and from there I uh, I the first thing you do when when that, have to meet the client and try to get an understanding of what they are what they're interested in what they what their needs are. Uh, Ironically, I knew nothing about hockey. I mean, I mean, I, I used to play hockey, 
in, in, in swamps around Hartford, <laughs> but it was very crude. Uh, and uh, I was uninformed about the, the rules and regulations, and uh, I never went to a professional hockey game. I became very interested in it as soon as we got this assignment, <laughs> and uh, I started doing research and so forth. But um, like like any design assignment, you start you start putting uh, elements together. Um, the only thing I had to a visual that I had to work with was the um, the former uh, New England Patri- uh, New England uh, Whalers logo, which was uh, had some harpoons and it was very um, uh, anachronistic, uh, actually very stodgy. So I started putting down almost any ideas I had, and, and the just sketches. All of these were pretty mediocre, but I had to present them with something. And I and I thought what I I prefer to do is then explore some of these refine them, and then show them an array of different attitudes toward a logo. And that, that, um, that led to the very first presentation. The letter forms, you have the W, the H, you have harpoons, you have whales, maybe some hockey, um, hockey references. Uh, and these are letter forms that become uh, also uh, so there's some symbolic, symbolics uh, forms that suggest letter forms and and the whale. Those were those were what I presented to uh, Howard Baldwin and uh, Jack Kelly and Bill Barnes at that time. And Howard Howard said, "Well, geez, I like that because it has the H in it." And I said, "Well, oh, well, that's fine. I, I that was my idea, uh, but uh, but there's an issue with the harpoons that, that mm-hmm. doesn't seem." right to me and it's too um, it's too harsh it, it doesn't have a, a reference I mean your, your mascot is a whale so why would you have a harpoon that kills whales uh, as part of your logo so I said give me another week and let me let me see what I can do uh, so I went back and started playing with the idea of the, of the negative H and these are still variations of the harpoon and then I had a eureka moment trying to integrate the uh, an element from the the structure of a whale, which is actually not that interesting of shape. The, the, the tail is actually the most interesting thing. So these were some earlier ones, and you could see how awkward some of these are. They don't really fit together that well. There's some like like the bottom of the W here, which is rounded. It, it takes away from the uh, from the Hness. It, it just looks awkward. And then you have conflicting ones like this, where I, I, I just tried this, uh, so to have this uh, this angled as opposed to the, the very smooth tra- transition from the tail to the H. Uh, and when I did this, I said, oh, I, I see potential here. And uh, then I made another presentation, and this was the uh, was the, uh, a refined version of the uh, of the logo. And you can see the way this sweep comes in, and it, and it gives the, the H actually some motion. And it was a very fortunate combination because you have you have three symmetrical forms, uh, the whale's tail, the H, and the W. So all together, it forms like a, a crest-like shape. Uh, the, the H kind of engages the mind, uh, and it may even be latent. I mean, it might not be immediately um, obvious at first. And this is good because it, 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 there's something 
people perceive, but they don't quite know what it is. And then they see it, and then all of a sudden it, it becomes memorable. And then these were some early uh, uniform designs. Uh, both my wife and I designed the first uniforms. Uh, these were preliminary. They changed from here, but this was what we, we presented. And from there, uh, that was accepted. And there was a big press conference, and it was extremely well-received. And I have to give credit to the whalers because if you looked at all the, the logos of other NHL teams at that time, this really was one of the most unique things. You know, Another part of the, the, even the thinking about this when we came up with this was the uh, reproducibility because this will be, um, you know, pens, um, pelt pins, and so forth. So it has to be reproduced very, very clearly, very cleanly. And it can be uh, unlimited in terms of its size, like, you know, 10 feet uh, diameter on an ice rink. And it could be applied to uh, almost any, any materials, you know, cloth, fabric, I mean, fabric, uh, glass, glassware, anything like that. And we did, we were uh, commissioned by the whalers to um, a designer's collection. They were done with applique. This is uh, this was sewn on two different fabrics. The lesson we learned here was that most sports fans do not they're not into that kind of refinement. They want it big and brassy. I mean, if you look at the, the uniforms that, that are uh, you know sports where the pro teams with all the names and of the players on the back and so forth, they're big and bold and and and, and what we thought were gaudy, but but that was the market. So we missed that. However, uh, as this has escaped the, the, the function as a team identity, you know, when, they, when the weather's left and uh, the hurricanes changed the logo, obviously, uh, North Carolina. But uh, uh, I remember getting a call from a, a radio station in North Carolina. They researched, found out I decided to call me up and he said, what's going on? Why are all the hurricane fans coming in with all this Hartford Whalers paraphernalia. That was when I first became aware of the of the new life of the logo. Right, and I find it very interesting because when we think about teams that no longer exist anymore, like when we think of the Brooklyn Dodgers, we think of Jackie Robinson, we think of Ebbets Field. When you think of the New York Giants, you think of the Polo Grounds. I mean, it's funny because when we think about the Hartford Whalers, in the grand scheme of everything, they were a team that didn't even last in a league for 20 years. But when you first mention them, the first thing that comes to everyone's mind is, oh, that logo, it's fantastic. And I think it was great the way you mentioned the Carolina Hurricanes, because I don't know if you realized this or not this past year, but they brought back the uniform you designed. And it really was popular. Like Everywhere I looked on hockey blogs, on YouTube, uh, TSN, everyone, when they were talking about the uniforms for last year, were like, this is great. We want to see it more than twice. It was really well received and it was a very big seller for that team as well. I know a lot of local fans here in Connecticut didn't like that idea because of, you know, it just seemed like a money grab from Carolina, but from pure hockey fans and even sport fans, I think it was just great to see that logo and that design. And, and I did love the concept jerseys you just showed me, but Sticking with the jerseys that we saw back on the ice this year, you were telling me about some of the aesthetics that you had changed compared to other jerseys at the time, such as the logo placement and the horizontal stripes 
at the bottom. So what were some of the decisions you guys made when you were designing the uniforms that eventually became the uniforms that they wore? Well, one of the things, I mean, the hockey uniforms, uh, uh, to, to my eye and Jan's, uh, they, they all, always seem top-heavy because of the big jerseys. You know, the, it, it makes the feet seem short. And uh, it's just a, it's been a tradition like that all, all the way. So we wanted to raise the center of gravity uh, by, by uh, shortening the jerseys and, um, and, and, and making the, the, the legs seem, we figured it would, they would seem more fleet-footed and, and faster if, if we could do that. But the thing about uh, systems that have been in place for so long, you know, changing machinery, changing uh, patterns and all that stuff. Uh, it was not not the right time for the Hartford Whalers to, to, to change it dramatically that, uh, that way. Uh, like the uh, Vancouver Canucks, I think they did have these very strange uh, uniforms, you know. Uh, and there, there, there is a danger of going too far because then you become weird, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, we, we couldn't really do that the way we wanted to. So uh, that was something that was out of our realm of, changing you know but uh in terms of the other uh, uh the, the placement and the uh, the home jerseys which was the blue and the green uh the away jerseys just became white we thought about having a, an accent color uh, like that orange uh, but uh it, it it wasn't it wasn't accepted and uh so but we were generally pleased with the way the way it, it came out you know? and i think everyone embraced it now, sticking with that a little bit, too, because I did see that concept, and I, when the first thing that stuck out was the orange accent color. So one of the things that I was really surprised, like, wow, I didn't know that was one of the concepts was to have a third color. Was this, for the colors, did you propose the green and the blue? Was that something that was mandated to you? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, yes, I did. Yeah. Well, uh, we had the green, but uh, the blue because of the whale, mm-hmm. you know. So it seemed like a natural to us, and there was no objection to that. Uh, so it was accepted, and they liked what they had seen, and uh, and so we went, we went with it. I mean, it's, it's very rare that you have uh, a client that just accepts everything that you do, you know. And, and so we felt very fortunate that, that once they saw the logo, that everything else you know, fell into place. And then, and then we did... Uh, some very, very simple one-page guidelines, you know, the right blue, the right green. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I built into this, and you can see it in this print, you see those little corners? They actually come out. I drafted it that way. Uh, so it compensates for that being rounded. Do you see what I mean? Yes. Uh, that so, so it keeps the corners very, very sharp. They're called light traps. You talk about it today, like now everyone can just go into a computer and just, like, <laughs> tweak it. I mean, when you really think about how you had to design this back then, where it was very, very much a labor of manual love. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the strength of your design, too, is the interpretation, because there's a lot of people that don't see the H in the negative space, and you point out, they're like, oh, oh, wait, there really is an H there. And one of the great examples today, which I hadn't realized, was one of the logos you were showing me, the original concept with the H and you said it was harpoons the way I looked at it was I thought that was almost like a trident but I didn't see the harpoons in that which I thought was very unique and I think that's one of the strengths of your design is it's very open to 
interpretation, which a lot of sports logos are pretty much what you see is what you get, where I think that's the strength of your designs was the openness for the interpretation. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, there, there's been uh, a lot of distorted reproductions of this, but the concept still holds. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I disagreed with what they did in 1980. Uh, they, they flattened it out, and they, uh, uh, they silver and a board mm -hmm. around and so forth. Uh, because he, you, you, you lost the purity and the, and, the, and the balance between this. I've seen so many versions. In fact, there's a license plate that Connecticut did, and this is flattened out. It still works. People don't even, not. I would guess that even most people wouldn't know the difference. But but uh, but I but I see it because of the subtlety of form. One of the things I really enjoyed looking through your concept was your whale designs. I mean, you had a lot of great interpretations of different whales, uh, whether it was the tail or the full by whale. Uh, when I'm looking at some of the older pictures of the uniform and the shoulder yoke was what became Pucky the whale. Uh, it was a bit of a wider whale. Now, did you end up designing that where you consulted on that? Because I was surprised because I almost feel like some of the secondary whale logos that you presented one logo i really like was the whale tail forming the sea almost with connecticut uh mm -hmm. and the, and some of the designs too especially the one uh you showed me where you had like the puck in the middle and the whale wrapped oh, yeah. around the puck that almost to me looked like it would be a better secondary logo than they ended up using did they tell you they were going to add that logo did they consult you or did no, they that, just kind of that, throw it on that was done uh, independent independent of, of, uh, of our work and um, and I, I think they they wanted to have a, a, a mascot that mm -hmm. was uh, uh, um, accessible more friendly less less graphic I mean and I think they wanted something that was more uh, I mean, say, say cute or, or friendly or uh, lovable maybe they were thinking of, you know I, I did object to it, but uh, so I, I think those two could live together for because there's a different function, you know. Now, when they brought back the uniforms this year, did anyone let you know, or were you just did you kind of just happen to find out or see about uh, that? Those things happen, and and, and you know it's funny we um, this whole copyright thing uh, and who owns? I mean, it, I, everyone asks who owns the Harper in the 1980s, uh, Bill Barnes called me in and asked me to sign a document. It was a legal document to uh, sign over the rights to the logo. At that time, we, we had just gotten through uh, a, a rights issue with Teneco Oil Corporation on the poster. And so I just happened to ask the lawyer, uh, should we sign it? He said, I wouldn't sign that. And it was, uh, it was uh, um, signing over all the rights because this was not a work for hire. Which, which which would have uh, uh, eliminated any kind of rights that I would have had. Uh, we got paid a, a small fee, and uh, legally at that time we had the rights to it. We in there, and there was a check for a dollar to make it legal, you know. And uh, I still have that. I have the check that I didn't cash, and the paper that I didn't sign. We tried to copyright it ourselves because. You know, so no, no, no one could legally copyright this. And you, if you go to Bradley Airport, you see all this paraphernalia, and it has a copyright on it. But the copyright office refused to give us the copyright because, well, we refused twice. The first time was because we didn't have proof of ownership, and then we sent them piles of things. 
invoices from the Harper Whalers and uh, all, all kinds of documentation that we designed it. And the second time they said, well, uh, yeah, we don't know you did this, but, but it's made up of, of generic forms. This is not like a painting. It's made up of, uh, of a symbol of a whale's tail, a letter form W, that's it. And those are, those are common, common things that you can't copyright. But it, so it didn't acknowledge the fact that it was the way these all work together, right. which was the, the brilliance of it, you know. We're, we're still, we're still going to apply another time. But well, what that means also, it means that no one else could copyright it. Because, well, first of all, the copyright office would have said it's already copyrighted. Now, can the Carolina Hurricanes do what they've been doing, basically? Because I am a little surprised because Tom Dundon, who bought the team about a year and a half ago, one of the first things he said was he really wanted to honor the history of the franchise and really bring back a lot of the Whaler property. And you started seeing them selling more T-shirts from the NHL and also the jerseys coming back this year. Uh, going back with your copyright case, were they allowed to do that? Or is it because the NHL owns it? Or is yeah, it just the a NHL lot of... the NHL is claiming that they, they have the rights. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> the idea of, of going... I'm not rich enough to go against the NHL. <laughs> they probably have... 20 lawyers and just do that stuff. Uh, so, um, but, but we are doing our own stuff. And that's one other thing I wanted to talk to you about was this logo has been public, like the public has seen it for over 40 years. And we've talked briefly about it, how it's when you think of the Hartford Whalers, it's still the thing you first think of is this logo. Uh, what does it mean for you being, you know, a designer to have one of your works still remembered and maybe it's even more popular i can make the case now than it was when the whalers folded in 1997 what does it mean to you as a designer that even though this team has been gone for over two decades the design you created for them is still so popular and still so beloved and even more importantly is still being enjoyed by new generations of not only hockey fans but just i think sport fans and fans of connecticut in general well thank you yeah people have the Never, uh, never weren't born <laughs> when the logo came out. Uh, stop me and, and say, um, you know, uh, great logo and so forth. Well, it feels good. I mean, I, you know, how, how could one not be uh, somewhat, uh, uh, you know, proud of doing something like that? Uh, I do. I do credit uh, uh, elements of luck and good fortune uh, to have been given these these elements to work with. And, and then also the trust uh, of, of, of a team hiring one designer. Uh, today, this would be a design firm with 20 designers sketching for months ideas and then submitting them. <clears throat> and they would be tested, there would be market research, there would be focus groups, uh, all that kind of uh, testing. And to me, it probably would end up being mediocre. Uh, so it, it is a problem. I mean, uh, you know, um, part of me said, you know, we, we've done we've done a hundred other logos, so you know, we have we have done other work. <laughs> so I mean, I would not want this on my tombstone. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but it is it, it it does keep on going on and on. But I still surprise people when uh, uh, or just the other day uh, I was seeing a therapist and she's, and I had my whaler's hat logo on she said oh that's a, uh, what, what do you know she's what do you do and i did these little business cards with the logo on it and it explains uh, my 
a statement about, about the logo. And she said, well, yeah, that's a great logo. I said, yeah, well, you know, I designed it. And she said, well, what, you designed it? Uh, big, big deal. But, uh, but so it still surprises me that, that it has that popularity. And finally, uh, you're talking about uh, some of your other work. Uh, if people are interested in seeing more of your work, is there a website they can go visit, or is there any way that they can check out some of the other work that you have done? Oh, yeah. It's uh, um, um, comings-good.com, uh, C-U-M-M-I-N-G-S-G-O-D.com, and that's our website. And I, I know a lot of people will be excited to see that. So, Peter, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time out to talk with me. Oh, no, it's been a pleasure. And that's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Once again, thank you for Peter Good for taking time out of his day to discussing with us and showing some great concept art. Really had a fun time doing this episode. But until next time, you can always check us out wherever podcasts are available, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Podcasts, and of course, if you'd like to reach out to the show, we're on social media at the handle Rich Sports Talk on any social media platform. And of course, if you'd like to get in contact with the show, please email us richsportstalk at gmail.com. That's richsportstalk at gmail.com. But until next time, I'm your host, Nolan Rich, and this is Rich Sports Talk.